Are you willing to do what is right and what you were called to do and to accept ridicule and to accept that someone might call you reckless or a fool or stupid or outside the norm or ridiculous? Are you willing to maybe lose some friends? Hello and welcome to the Restoring Manhood podcast, where we are engaging men in the battle and the conversation as to what it takes and means to be a man in today's society. If you're a new listener, welcome. We love new listeners. And if you have listened uh, for the whole time while we've been making this, thank you so much. We love our longtime listeners. If you are enjoying and appreciating the messages that are being sent out through this podcast, I would love it if you would give us high marks or a review on um, whatever whatever tool you're using to listen to the podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. If you could give us a high ranking and a review, that would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you could share this message, that would be great. We believe this is very, very important, especially in today's society, and believe that this message about being a man and protecting and standing up for what is right and being leaders that serve and protect is a very, very important message that needs to get out to as many men as soon as as fast as possible, because this message is going to become more controversial by the moment. I believe that strongly. Today, I want to talk about something that is core to men who want to do something great or to men who simply want to take what they're doing and change it and do something different, to take a different course, to change gears, to move on to another thing, to level up, to make a difference in your community, to make a difference in your nation, in your world, in your, in your family. There is something that is very, very important for us to understand if we have intentions of doing anything different than what most people do. And really, if we iron it down or or boil it down to a simple phrase or a simple word, it is that men have to be able to endure. And what they have to be able to endure is could be called persecution, but I think in today's culture, it's just called shaming. In today's culture, we are in such a such a shame culture that really the primary weapon by which most people will operate or wield against those who are trying to do something different and in many cases good is shame. If you've ever opened Twitter, Facebook, mostly Twitter, Twitter can be, I think, paraphrased or boiled down to be calling monkeys throwing poo. Honestly, I, I think that's what Twitter is and that's really all it is. It is pathetic garbage because it's just people shaming other people and very, very little people building other people up. Um, It'd be great if that was happening, but that's not what's happening. It's most likely people sitting on their couch or in their bed or in a hole who've never really done anything great in their life, shaming and talking crap on people who are doing doing things or trying to do something Um, or people who are just sitting on their couch or in their basement arguing with each other in front of whoever wants to open up Twitter. Twitter is pathetic. Um, Anyway, in today's culture, we as men need to be aware that the things that are holding us back in large part is a fear of being shamed because we're doing something that is different from the norm. Now, I don't mean to say that this shame culture thing is new because this has been used as for as long as time 
can go on and on and on. And if you read history, you will know this. Um, one story that I can tell that will kind of depict this is a story all of us, I think, know. And it's about Noah's Ark. And I think you all know where I'm going with Noah's Ark when it comes to shame culture and somebody doing something great. Um, Noah went off to build this ark because he was told to do so by God. And he's in the middle of the desert and there's no water around. And he starts building this ark. This ark is gigantic. And the purpose of the ark is to float uh, two of every animal, a man, a, boy and a, a man and a woman or a boy and a girl animal, uh, into this ship so that the species could, could survive during the great this great flood. Now, Noah starts building this ark. He's got his kids, his family. They're building this ark. They got all these crazy, um, their dimensions are all in the Bible and they're very specific. And this thing is, we're talking huge. And we could all imagine someone building an ark in the middle of nowhere. I think, I think the movie is Bruce Almighty that this uh, Noah story kind of gets played out in, I think it was supposed to be Pennsylvania or somewhere near, near DC where he, um, he, builds the, he builds an ark in the middle of nowhere and it looks like an idiot. Now, that is what Noah's neighbors, people in his community thought of him. And they ripped him. They shamed him, uh, told him he was crazy. They said he was being reckless. They did everything they could to make him feel dumb and tell him to stop doing this art because you're an idiot. You're a fool. You shouldn't be doing this. And he just kept doing what he was doing because he knew this was right. He kept building this art, kept, kept building this art. Now, at the end of the day, we all know that what happened in the story was that the world flooded and everyone who mocked Noah ended up dead. And those who were on that ark ended up living. And Noah's family and the people who were on that ark ended up repopulating the world. The animals that were on the ark were saved. And he turned out to be the smartest and best man in the world because he was the only one listening um, and doing what he was supposed to be doing in that story. And he built this ark. History shows that men that do what's right, no matter what ridicule or shame they have come under, are great. However, I don't know, and I would guess this a lot because I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen many friends, um, men stop doing what they're doing, what they knew was probably right, because others ridiculed, shamed, mocked, teased, convinced them that what they were doing was not good that it was stupid. You shouldn't do that. It's too risky. You're being reckless. This is not smart. It's different. It's not what the norm is. Um, you know, it's, it's bad, blah, 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 blah. A man knows what he should be doing. You know what's right. You know what's good. And my guess is that if you were to just remove and get rid of or shed all of the fear of shame, or all of the ideas in the back of your head that says, ah, this is kind of dumb. No one's ever done this. Or what will my friends say? What will my parents say? What will my brother say? What will my sister say? What will my coworkers say? What will the people on social media say? I bet that your mind would go wild with ideas of things that you could do or would want to do. I bet that all of us have things in our minds that we would love to do, but we hold back either sharing our true thoughts, our true beliefs, or going for something because we are afraid of the shame that might come with it. We may not even know it 
deliberately or may not even know how the way people say th- or the way people say things to us or the shame that comes at us or the, the ridicule that comes at us affects us until we stop and think about it. Because it's such a common thing in this world to try to fit in with the norm that so very, very few of us actually set out to do something very different and to diverge from the norm. In my experience, if the mass is doing it, there's a good chance that it might not be the right thing to do because it's shocking what large groups of people will do just because large groups of people are doing it. The more people are the more people that are doing a thing, the less those people think about whether that thing is a good thing to do or whether it's smart, whether it's even fun. I've seen large groups of people do the dumbest things or people to do things just because everyone else is doing it. And it's shocking to me. And maybe that's partially because of the way I was raised and my parents both kind of did stuff their own way. Um, But I think that more men need to start thinking this way because it would seem that the norm is becoming dumber and dumber and dumber and more wrong and wrong and wrong by the moment that the masses and what the larger group of people are doing and that it is just going this direction that is that is just ridiculous and it makes no sense and when you try to engage in a, in an honest debate with someone who's who's do, with a large group of people doing a thing what you'll notice is that they usually won't have a really good founded argument as to why they're doing that. I mean, whether it's something very innocent, like, I don't know, just something something innocent that everybody does versus, you know, something that's, you know, very, very detrimental or whatever. I mean, I, I'm talking about all kinds of things. If you if you engage something into someone in a conversation about why they do something when it's a thing that just everybody does, the more people do it, the less the less intelligent of a conversation you're going to have almost every single time. However, if there's one guy over in a corner doing something totally different and you ask him, why is he doing that? You will have a very intelligent, very deep, very good conversation about why this is the thing I'm doing, which is kind of interesting. Think about that. Think about the times that you have challenged or asked someone why they're doing something. Why do you go to Starbucks? Is it the best coffee? No, it's actually garbage. And I probably just lost a lot of friends saying that. (laughs) But why do you do X, Y, and Z? Well, it's the thing you do. Usually, rarely, is there a really intelligent conversation that is on the other side of that thing? Again, find the person that's doing the thing, the one thing that's a little bit off over somewhere else by himself. Ask him, why is he doing that? I guarantee you, you're going to have a great long conversation. Whether you like what they're doing or not, that person is going to give you exactly details as to why they're doing that thing. Men, we need to be a little bit more like that. I'm going to tell another story about Albert Einstein. And history would show that Albert Einstein is one of the smartest man that ever, men that ever walked the earth. His mind came up with amazing things, one of which was that he helped develop and invent the bomb that went to Japan and ended World War II. Now, there's a lot of controversy in that, and um, I know that wasn't his proudest moment. And I, there's some controversy as to whether he really actually knew exactly what they were going to do with what he invented, stuff like that. But the, what I wanted to talk about was his theory of relativity. 
Now, his theory of relativity, I would be foolish to try to explain it um, because I don't fully understand <laughs> really what that was. But what I do know is that when he came up with his theory of relativity, it flew in the face of modern physics and what was currently known as um, one of the main theories that kind of constructed physics and what people kind of use as their cornerstone or their foundation by which they would do other research. Now, the theory of relativity kind of took that and went a different direction, and it it upset the norms. I want to read a bit of a section out of a um, one of the biographies of him in regard to this specific thing. Now, the setup for this section is that ether is the theory that he is pushing up against with his writing that is kind of starting to change the directions of the way you're looking at physics and the way things move through time and space and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, And he had um, run into some conflicts or some kind of resistance when he was writing his theory of relativity. And really the only place that he had gained a lot of traction with his theory was in Germany. Now, in France, that's kind of a different story. So I'm going to pick up right there. When Einstein published his work contradicting ether, the only place that seems to have been understood was in Germany, where his theory was discussed, criticized, and um, elaborated upon and def uh, defended. For the next six years, virtually all the literature on Einstein's paper come from Germany and three other countries. In France, Einstein was largely ignored until he visited in 1910 in the U.S. A few understood it, but in general, relativity was ridiculed as totally impractical and absurd. In Britain, his theories met with resistance because, the, because relativity was seen as a direct challenge to the widely accepted theory of ether. As late as 1923, a British physicist said his colleagues were still ignorant of Einstein's work and not very much interested in it. British physicist Ebenezer Cunningham and Norman R. Campbell were the first quite lonely introducing Einstein into their country and challenging the ethereal view. Campbell seems to have been the only anti-ether voice from 1905 to 1911. Clearly, national constructs of scientific education are one reason why the infancy of modern physics was so bumpy. According to Goldberg, the University of Cambridge dominated structure of British phys physics guided British physicists toward ether. The scientific status quo was so firmly entrenched that in Britain, Einstein's groundbreaking theory fell on deaf ears, floating off into ahem, ether. Joke, joke, funny, funny. So the point is... Einstein, at this time in 2021, we look back, we know that Einstein was one of the smartest men to ever walk the earth. We know that the theory of relativity is still, still upholds and still has great value to the world of physics and to our world today. I mean, physics talks about the way things move around in time and space. It is insanely valuable to science and to our existence on this earth in the way that we um, we exist here and the way math works and all kinds of stuff. Physics is insanely valuable and the theory of relativity is a huge part of that even to this day and it was built by Einstein. We know he was a genius. However, for years of his life, he was ridiculed and mocked he was pushed against. He was told, you don't have a place. This is ridiculous. We should not study this, that you are going up against tried and true methods, that you should not be doing what you're doing. Einstein should have, could have quit, but he didn't. 
he kept pushing. He believed that what he was doing was right. He knew his science. He knew in his brain, he knew what he was doing was the right thing to do. He knew the theory of relativity was true and it was accurate and it proved to be so. And we now to this day still use that theory as a foundation by which we do physics. Apply that to our lives. How many times in your life have you known what was right to do, but you didn't or you gave up on it because someone was mocking you or because you met resistance from the outside, because someone shamed you, because someone told you you shouldn't try that because you'll get too much flack or you started doing it and the resistance was too much to withstand and you walked away. My question is, how much resistance are we willing to put up with? And in my experience, the people I know, it's not much. I know that there's a lot of good men out there who want to do a lot of good things, but I also know that many of them give up and quit and walk away and are not willing to look like an idiot or a fool or a clown or be ridiculed or shamed to do the right thing. It is so important that we get over doing things so that others will see us as sane or normal or not ridiculous. Every single man that stands up and changes the course of his life will be doing something different, therefore inherently doing something that is outside the norm and a deviation from normal. Average is no good. We don't want to be average because average is just like I was saying earlier. The average man has very little to talk about because the average man is doing what everyone else is doing. And for the most part, when we do what everyone else is doing, we don't even know why we're doing it because we're just following the crowd. And if someone asks you, why are you doing that? Do you have a good reason for doing that? Do I have a good reason for doing these things? It's a question we need to ask ourselves. We look around, what do we do on a day-to-day -day basis? And can we explain why we do it? If we're doing things that the rest of everyone else are doing and we can explain why we do it independently and why it's right for us, good, keep doing that. If we are doing things on a day-to-day -day basis and we can't explain why we do it and we just kind of like, eh, we just do it because like, you know, we do it and it's what other people do, then start thinking and start evaluating why you do it come up with a reason. If you can't and you evaluate what you're doing and you're like, why am I doing this? Then change it. But know that when you change and you move out and you start doing something different, you're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be shamed. And it might be for a very, very long time. Einstein, that quote said, dealt with this for the better part of six years. And I think off, even off into, was it 1920 or yeah, 1920 something. So maybe into 20, 15 years, something like that. Years he dealt with being ridiculed on top of the fact that he came from Nazi Germany, where he as a Jew was on the borderline or verge of being extinguished and had to run to the United States. We'll get into that later. If you want to see a great documentary about Albert Einstein, there's one on Amazon Prime. You can look for it. It's really good. It's a TV series. Um, men, we need to know why we're doing what we're doing. Look at what you do. Evaluate why you do it. If you can't come up with an intelligent reason as to why you do it, then do something else. 
just pretend for a moment that you could do anything, that no one else matters, that no one's words matter, that you get to define what's right, what would you do? Are you willing to do what is right and what you were called to do and to accept ridicule and to accept that someone might call you reckless or a fool or stupid or outside the norm or ridiculous? Are you willing to maybe lose some friends because they don't get it and they're not willing to be around someone that's so risky? We need to be. There needs to be more men like that going into this world because being a man and standing up for what men need to stand up for is going to take taking ridicule. Being a man that stands up for his family and provides for his family. Being a man that sticks up for the weak. Being a man that is confident. Being a man that can call himself a man is going to require being able to accept ridicule. I believe in you. I know that you can do this because you are called to do it. So as you go out in God's name, giddy up.